Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions Podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. Um, and hope you guys have been good, you know? Um, I'm tired of opening up the episode saying that. Maybe next next time I say, like, yo, it's your boy. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta figure out different intros. I really do. I'm really not good at small talk. That's why a lot of my conversations are awkward with people I meet for the first time. I don't even know why I'm saying all this right now. But nevertheless, um, this is another episode of Church Board Confessions. You are tuning in once again. Or maybe you're tuning in for the first time. I don't know why you do that. It's like I'm playing. (laughs) But I'm happy for everybody that's tuning in for the first time. Um, Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you guys have been good, though. I hope you guys had a good last week. Um, My life has been pretty chill. Can't really. I don't really have much to complain about. God's good. There was an encounter that I had this past week that I just truly felt the Holy Spirit rest upon me. I felt the Holy Spirit literally helping me pray in this moment that I had. And, you know, I'm really at this place right now where I'm very confident that God has heard all of my requests and I have put it all in his hands and he's going to give and bless me as he pleases and so i've been good i've been living with that peace i've literally been living uh philippians chapter 4 verse 6 where it just says to you know through prayer petition thanksgiving let your request be known to god and, and the peace of god that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds i'm living that right now so i'm chilling like i'm i'm legit chilling <laughs> i've been watching uh netflix you know netflix is actually starting that pass password thing so I've been trying to like finish out some like shows before like you know it's all over because I'm not paying for my own Netflix, God forbid. But nevertheless, yeah. I mean, as you can see, the most interesting thing in my life right now is Netflix. So, uh, yeah. Let's 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 maybe get to this episode. Enough of the small talk. Um, a couple of announcements. The first announcement is that I'm gonna have a Church Boy summer break. Um, it sounded like I was about to say church boy summer. That's funny. Maybe I should, maybe I should like patent. Maybe I should copyright that or something. Trademark it, my bad. But I'm going to have a church boy summer break. It is becoming, it's something new that we're adopting, um, moving forward with, um, unassociated and in the podcasting sphere is that we will no longer be doing episodes all 52 weeks of the year. I know that might be sad. Oh, or sound sad, but I genuinely do think it's for the best. Um, after I took that break that I felt, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to break, uh, told me to take back in November of last year and came back in February of this year. Um, that that was on my mind. It was on my mind. Like, should I be doing 52 episodes <laughs> every every week of the year or should I just have these breaks to where I can really just have that time to me and God rejuvenate um recenter in him and that's what we're adopting both i and create with kendra will be adopting that at staggering time so i'm pretty sure that you know the way we've planned it is that there will never not be one of us going on um but i'm up all right um and my my break is going to be up until the middle of july so um this is going to be the last episode until the middle of july um in the meantime of course you have great create with kendra you have our amazing blogs 
that we have um, on unassociated.com. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm still very much accessible, but there will not be an episode next week and the following weeks until middle of July. So, um, yeah, I, I need to, you know, I need I need to take my time, take my time with the Lord. And I'm excited because I think by the time I come back, I'm just going to have so much more you know, experiences to speak to and, and so much more uh, that God's just been putting on my heart that I'm going to be able to lay out like that. And and I'll be, uh, the plan is taking summer breaks and then, you know, getting back to it in July up until like almost the end of the year. So yeah, you'll have me like four or five months at a time, but we will be having uh, breaks from now on. So yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I might be back I'm going to be back in July. I don't know if it's middle of July or early July because Church Boy Confession turns four years old that first week of July. So I don't know. I got to figure that out. I got to figure that out. But yeah, so um, just so you know, if you don't see an episode next week, that's why. And uh, the next announcement would be um, Poetry Jam auditions. You know, Um, if you would like to be a part of our Poetry Jam that's coming up on August 26th, this is the biggest Poetry Jam that we are planning because it is the fifth year anniversary of Unassociated on that same exact day. So it's very special to our hearts. Um, and we would love for you guys to submit an audition to possibly be a poet and perform a spoken word um, at that show. Um, we want to hear your testimony. We want to hear your story. Like I said, previous episodes, you do not have to be the best person, best spoken word artist. You just have to be someone willing to share your testimony and talk about how good God is and edify people through that. Um, and also, of course, we have our fundraiser looking to raise $8,000 before that day. Um, and we would really appreciate if God puts it on your heart, if you give us a donation of any amount to support our goals, um, to support our events, to support our missions and projects, um, you can go to www.unassociated.com slash T-U-P-J fundraiser. That's www unassociated.com slash tupj fundraiser some of you guys have also been giving us general donations as well we are so much welcome we we are very much welcome of wherever you want to whatever form you want to use to donate it um it is is amazing so some of you guys have also been donating through our general um donation pathway which is www.unassociated.com slash donate whichever one you choose it's cool it's all going to the same bank account it's all good. So um, <laughs> we, we appreciate everyone that has been donating. Um, and we look forward to any other um, donations we receive as well. And, and, and we appreciate you guys, honestly. And if you don't have the money, one way that you can absolutely be an amazing contribution or give an amazing contribution to this ministry is through your prayer. Keep us in your prayers. Keep us in your prayers. Keep us in your prayers. Um, because we want to be a ministry that's always on track with the Holy Spirit, that's always doing no more, no less than what God is positioning us and um, using us to do. Um, and we need your prayer of support. We recognize the spiritual warfare that comes with that. We recognize with um, the, the different people that might be against that at certain times, um, the different issues that might come, the different obstacles might come. And we could absolutely use your prayer at every given moment. So more news about the poetry jam coming soon to our instagram and tiktok um we'll have the flyer out and everything and and yeah i'm very excited for that day and i'm very excited to see you guys there so let's get to the episode i know that was i know that was kind of long it's kind of lengthy but nevertheless it all needed to be said um so i, I want us to recognize that over the past ma- uh, month and a half um 
unassociated, we have these monthly themes, right? This one lasts about a month and a half. And, and so far, the monthly theme has been, and you, and you can recognize that in some of the episodes that we've been putting out, it's been about interchurch relations. Um, interchurch relations, really how we treat each other, how we navigate the church space. Um, last week, I did the episode on imposter syndrome in the church. Um, I did an episode on envying other believers in the church. I also did an episode previously about pressures to maintain um, our sanctification in the church. Um, so all of this is, you know, calculated. All of this stuff, it, it, it's been like that for a reason. It's not a coincidence if you've noticed it. Um, and I think that we're now stepping into, you know, of course, with June coming, we're going to be stepping into something different. Maybe. I mean, we're, we do everything prayerfully. Um, so I kind of want to close out on this entire theme, this entire focus that we've had with this episode um, by continuing to talk about interchurch relationships and really emphasizing why it's so important. Um, I know, like, you know, this might not be the most hoorah message about like, you know, that's pertaining to your individual success and your individual prosperity. But I think that when we truly understand the importance of the church, the importance of us community of believers and the role that we play on this planet, we can recognize how um, how important it is for us to truly live a godly life. Um, I, I'm not the one that's, you know, super big on, on just always talking about us as individuals. Um, I think, you know, just being in America, we kind of live in an individualistic society. And I know some of you guys are not in America, but maybe it's the same where you're at as well. We have this individualistic mindset where we always think it's about us, 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 us. And one of my professors has just told me that salvation is not just about you as an individual. It's about us as a collective um, because the church exists, because Jesus Christ has founded this church, he has he has built this body and he is the cornerstone. He is called the cornerstone of this building. And we are all parts of this building. We're the bricks that are parts of this building. And Jesus is both the foundation and the, the cornerstone holding it all together. He he's a focal point. But the point is that we are a population we're not just the one out of the 99. We are the 100 all together. We're a group. We're together. We're a collective. And there are so many things, both internally and externally, so many obstacles and attacks on that unity, on that congregation, on the community of global believers. Some of those attacks, I mean, technically all of these attacks are rooted in spiritual warfare. But I feel like, of course, we have the attacks that come from outside of the church. But I'm telling you, we have the attacks that come from inside the church as well. And those attacks that come from inside the church look like division. They look like scandals. They look like schisms. They look like stealing. They look like um, um, blasphemy. They look like disorder and so on and so forth. And um, that's why it's so important for us to talk about interchurch relationships, because we got to get this stuff squared away. There are two big reasons, and I'm sure that there you can think of a million more reasons why this is such a big issue, why this is such an important topic. But the two big reasons I want us to understand why interchurch relations are is so important. The first one 
excuse me, that's like I got a burp that's just like in my chest that wants to come out. Jeez Louise. Uh, excuse me. The first one, <laughs> the first reason is because healthy interchurch relations is what leads to our collective spiritual growth. How do I know that? Because that's really the purpose. That's the goal of church. As we see it in Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians, we call it the book of unity because I read it in previous, um, I read it in previous episodes. So I won't read it again, but I'll paraphrase, I'll paraphrase Ephesians chapter four, where we're talking about how God has given each of us these gifts in order for us to use them within the church in order to bring about our edification, our unity, love, so on and so forth. That's the vision. The vision is that we are one body of Christ, each doing our part in order to be edified. Each, all of us coming together, being united in, in truth and love. It's important for us to have those healthy interchurch relationships, because when we do that, we come together and we all grow together to be more like Christ. And number two, healthy interchurch relations is a vehicle that God uses to draw people to himself. How do I know that? John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23. In this passage that I'm about to read, Jesus is praying to the father and he's praying to the father about his disciples. But then he also does a little pivot and talks about not just his disciples, not praise just for his disciples, but also praise for all future Christians that will live. So from verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, talking about his disciples alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, which is us. He's talking about us. He's literally, this is Jesus praying for me and you. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. Look at this part. That the world may believe that you sent me. Hmm. Verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one just as we are one. Verse 23. I in them and you in me that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Ladies and gentlemen, what is very clear in this passage is that what Jesus wants from me and you is for us to be one, is for us to be united, is for us to be together for us to love one another, for us to be on one page and one accord. That's what Jesus wants from us. And it's through our oneness, the world then will know the gospel. They will know that God loves us. They will know that God, the Father, sent the Son to die for our sins, to atone for our sins. They will know that, wow, all of these people that are putting their faith in Jesus are actually living these sanctified lives. Wow, these people are truly living out love. Wow, these people are truly steadfast in their beliefs and are actually making Jesus their Lord and following his commands. 
There is something that the world is supposed to see in the church and it's supposed to be our unity. It's supposed to be our love. It's supposed to be our togetherness. And that's the vision right there. That's the vision that we should be gunning for. That's the vision that we should be aiming towards. That unity of believers. That's what Jesus wants from us. He just prayed to the Father. That's what he wants from us. That is the vision we should be pressing towards as a global church. And that's what every even every, even every church, individual church in your neighborhood should be pressing towards that vision of oneness, of love, of togetherness, on one accord, the same page. But it's unfortunate because when we talk to the world and we say Christian, that is not the vision. That's not the idea that comes to mind. Instead, what comes to mind are the scandals and the schisms. Instead, what comes to mind is the selling of indulgences. Instead, what comes to mind are the pastors that are cheating on their wives and, and want to be like celebrities and, and the priests that are touching little boys and, and the, the scandals and the stealing from the church and, and, and all of this stuff. That's, and it's so unfortunate. And let me say, it is not fair to generalize that, you know, that this is what the church is. I'm not saying that this is what the church is of today, but that's what people see. It's not fair that we get the generalizations. Of course, they'll tell you that it's fair, even though if we make the same generalizations about women, it's misogynistic. We make the generalizations about black people, it's racist. We make generalizations about gay people, it's homophobic. We make generalizations about trans people, it's transphobic. We make generalizations about foreigners, it's xenophobic. We make trans we make we make we make generalizations about uh 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 even Muslims, it's called Islamophobic. But of course, when they make generalizations about the church, they make generalizations about Christianity. They think it's fair game. They're hypocrites. I'm not I'm not saying that they're not hypocrites. But what I am saying is that we can't act as if those ideas, those generalizations don't come from four real instances. We can't act like those generalizations came from nowhere. They come from real instances that have happened inside so-called churches that are supposed to be like Christ. And I won't say so-called churches, real churches even. Real believers that will say that they've given their life to be like Christ. That's the vision. That's what they think of when they when they think of the church. And now it's up for people like you and I and even those of us that have fallen. But we got back up because of God's grace. It's up to us and we have to work even harder. We have that duty to work harder to make sure that. We are engaging and, and being a part of churches that are in alignment with the vision that are in alignment with what Jesus wants. That are not blaspheming what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. But let me say this. There will always be people that have criticized the church. Always. 
there will always be people that'll criticize the church, that'll criticize Christianity, whether the pastor's stealing from the church or not, whether the uh, somebody from the church is judging them or not, whether there's somebody from the church that's violating them or not. There will always be some people that will criticize the church. And I don't say that as an excuse for us to just don't mind them because when they're calling out real things that we are doing that goes against the scripture, shame on us. And we need to we I believe we have the duty to call that out, the duty to fix that and do our best to to, to make sure that that's not happening anymore, to be accountable. Absolutely. But at the same time, it's important for us to recognize that even when you're a good Christian, you're going to get hated. <laughs> even when you're a Christian that's actually living out a life in, in, in with adherence to the commandments with an adherence to Jesus Christ as your Lord there are going to be people that criticize you criticize everything about you criticize the church you go to criticize Christianity all of that and more and the reason why I say that is because it's important for us to keep in check our goals and our expectations when we are being good Christians or when we are being when we're actually acting right because do understand that like I said they're always going to criticize you and always going to hate you so what you don't want to do is start to act like a good Christian and actually follow suit follow the Holy Spirit in a way and then you think that now everybody you come across is going to repent and everybody that you come across is now going to change from their ways because you can be that good Christian and they're still going to hate you. Mind you, Jesus Christ never sinned in his entire life, in his entire existence. And they still hated him enough to put him on that cross, to beat on him, beat, batter and bruise him. And the Bible says if he if they hated him, they're going to hate you. There are some of us that live these this good life. Life of doing good, honestly, walking in the good works we are preordained in Christ Jesus. And we get frustrated when some of our friends will see that we're living a good life and still they are not repenting. Still, they are not coming to Christ. Still, they continue to do what they do without any type of consideration. And we get frustrated. Well, I don't want you to get frustrated. I want you to continue to being I want you to continue being obedient. I don't want you to get mad. Because I want you to realize that our goal and our expectation is to be vehicles for the Lord. We are not the catalyst for somebody else's repentance and their own change in their own lives. We are the vehicle that God uses to reveal himself to other people. We're the vehicle that God uses in order for him to touch people as he pleases. As he pleases. When he wants. How he wants. That's up to him. You're not the catalyst. You are the vehicle. So your focus should not be on it, making people change. It should be on being obedient to Jesus. So Jesus will move through you. He will use you as a vessel as he pleases to make the impacts that he wants to make on other people's lives. Their salvation is not on your head. Your obedience is on your head. Let that be your focus, your obedience. Because if you do it just so they can love you, just so they could change, you're going to get frustrated. Because the world's not going to love you. <laughs> Don't get frustrated. 
Be obedient. Continue to be obedient. Focus on being a good vehicle because a lot of us have been bad vehicles. I've been a bad vehicle before. I've been a bad vessel of the Lord before. A lot of us have been bad vessels. A lot of us have done things and and been things that are just very distasteful. And we can't say that the people around us don't want to know Jesus because they're just super... You know, because or we can't say that the people around us just hate us because of Christ. We have to say that the people around us hate us because we did bad things. We were immature. Or we were trying to fit in with them. (laughs) There's a big difference between suffering as a Christian and well, let me say this. There's a big difference between suffering for Christ and suffering as a Christian. And I really like First Peter chapter four, that really like lays this out. All right, so let's let's go to First Peter, chapter four, um, starting at verse fourteen. It says, "If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified." Verse fifteen. But let none of you suffer as murderers, a thief, an evil doer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. Or in this matter, sorry. I love this verse because it, it really checks us. It really checks us because I feel like some of us as believers, we try to get away with being actual messed up people. And then when those people respond that we're hurting or that we violate respond to that, by hating us or disliking us or bullying us or getting on us, we try to say that we're suffering for Christ. And let me be very clear. There is no honor in just simply suffering the consequences of your bad decisions as a Christian. That is not where the honor exists. The honor exists in you suffering for Christ because you follow Christ. Don't mix those two up. Because you're going to think that you have honor and Christ is honoring you because you're getting just because you're suffering. But no, you're suffering because you did bad things and now you're taking on the consequences. Christ is not honoring you for that. Christ is honoring those that are obedient to him. And because of their obedience to him, because of their steadfastness to him, because of their commitment to him, they are persecuted. That's who he's honoring. That's the one that he's respecting. Not when we throw rocks and hide our hands. Not when we literally do something that 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 is embarrassing. Not when we let things slide. That is just blasphemous to be happening in the church of God. And then somebody criticizes it. We say, oh, it's because we're Christian. It's not because you're Christian. It's because you're a sinner. (laughs) It's because you did wrong. And how can we call a world to repentance if we're not even repenting ourselves? We have to be good vehicles. We should be ashamed. When terrible things happen. In the church, when, when, when we commit such sins and such acts or these things continue to happen, we don't say anything. We should be ashamed. Because we are supposed to be the body of Christ. We're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. But some of us have problem 
loving our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. Some of us envy each other. Some of us gossip about each other. You know how much gossip is? Are you kidding? Jesus prayed to the Father to help us be one as they are one. And others will know that Jesus was sent by the Father. Others will know that God loves them. How are we supposed to be one if there's so much division? How are we supposed to combat this narrative that people continue to spew about how bad the church is if we are not on one page and we are not on one accord and we're not loving one another, we are not growing with each other. We should be focused on being Great vessels for the Lord, great vehicles for the Lord. And we we can't be good vehicles for the Lord when we are divided. When we are too full of ourselves to recognize the sin in our own lives. Um, we need to recognize those things. We need to have healthy relationships inside the church together as brothers and sisters of Christ. But then there's the other side of it. There's the side of it where people think that what it looks like to be a good vehicle for Jesus, what it looks like to be a good ambassador as a church and as individuals for Jesus to the world is by being like the world. There are people who think that the way they're going to change people's lives to know Jesus is by talking like the world. They'll cuss, going to clubs with the world, drinking like the world, partying like the world, agreeing with all of the world's new ideals that contradict the word of God. There's places I want to go with this, but <laughs> let me chill out because... I don't want to distract from the main purpose of this episode. If, if I still feel like I need to say it, then I'll say it. But there are believers that think that God needs their help to relate to the younger generation. There are believers, there are churches that think that God needs their help to be able to communicate to to people who obviously want nothing to do with God. So in doing that, they put certain parts of the Bible over there and they they put certain subjects under the seat like that. Or even they'll go as far to say that that's not part of the Bible, actually. that's the, They'll try to explain it away. And ultimately what they're doing is they're trying to be like the world in order to call the world to repentance. But the problem is, if you want to be like the world, then what are you saving them from? The world? What are you calling them to repent from? The world? Worldliness? Sin? When you can't even define sin anymore because everything that is a sin in the Bible, you've now said is not a sin because of A, B, C, Y, X, Z, 12, 17, 64 reasons. <laughs> 
being a good vehicle, being a good vessel for the Lord looks like not compromising love. Absolutely. But it also looks like not compromising the truth, because if there is no truth, then there is simply nothing to save people into. There's nothing to bring people into. There's nothing to call people to if there is no truth. My savior is the way, the truth and the life. We are never to compromise truth. We are never to compromise love because God is love. He is truth and he is love. And we should all be committed to never letting one of those go ever. Even when people say that your truth is hatred. We got to be good vessels, good vehicles as a church, as a church. And I didn't even mean to say this part, but that doesn't look like you. How do I say this? Some some of us and I've said this before, some of us, there's times to leave a church. But some of us leave the church because of. The church doesn't have this church doesn't do this church doesn't do that. And I said it before I said some of us were leaving churches because of the gaps that God put us there to fill. So many young people, they say, are leaving the church. Because they'll say to church, oh, well, didn't talk enough about mental health. I'm not sure of many 50 plus year olds that are talking about mental health. That was something for our generation to bring into the church as far as I, I know. Who, who's, oh my gosh. Wow. I didn't plan to go all the way over there, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm thinking in the next 30 years, who's going to be the people in the church? That's what I'm thinking. Like our generation is supposed to replace this generation. So they're going to pass on. Who are the ones that are going to come up and make the changes? Who are the ones that's going to come up and take the leadership? But we leave. Oh, the church didn't have this. Church didn't have that. And you have the the equipment to bring it, but you didn't. I don't know. That's that's not where I wanted to go. Nevertheless, man, you have people in the world that want to compromise truth in order to be more relatable because they feel like it's in their power. They are the catalyst for people's repentance and 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 they try to add their own intellect and their own way and their own strategies on top of the gospel, really overshadowing the gospel because they think that they're going to be the ones to call somebody to repentance. They're going to be the ones to say something so f profound that it actually turns someone's life around. The Bible says it's neither him that planteth nor watereth that is anything, but it's he who gives the increase, and that is God. We are vehicles, ladies and gentlemen. We are not catalysts. We are vehicles. What we need to do is not compromise truth, not compromise love. We need to submit ourselves to the Lord fully. In our churches, we need to welcome people genuinely that are genuinely looking to looking for Christ. We need to be standing on scripture. We need to be intolerant towards sin and hatred. We need to be orderly. We need to be um, um, not scared 
to correct each other and rebuke each other in love. Um, we need to be humble. We need to be loving, so on and so forth. These are things we need to do. And these make us good vehicles. These make us honorable vessels that God actually wants to use. If we want to truly make the impact that God wants us to make on this planet as a church, as a collective church, it starts with us dealing with the sin in ourselves as individuals and the sin in our church, in our collective. That's where dealing with the things that are causing us to divide, dealing with the things that are causing us to be against each other. Because Jesus has already prayed for us, for us to be one as he and the Father are one. And through that, the world will know that the Father sent the Son. The world will know the gospel message. It starts with us and it starts with our churches. And I believe that once we get those two things down, I'm not saying that the entire world will start to love the church. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that I believe that God will be, God is willing, even more willing to use all of us to impact people, to minister to people, to, to reveal to people. We got to be obedient. We got to be obedient, y'all. It's our, it, it, it's, it's our due, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's our due service. We got to be obedient. On a serious note, like, stand up, yo. Stand up and be great ambassadors for the Lord. Love on people. I'm talking, go out of your way. Go out of your way. What I'm talking about right now is more important than your job. It's more important than your school. Mm -hmm. God's not going to ask you about your GPA. <laughs> and he's not going to ask you about how much money you made in your career. So just think about that. Just think about that. Think about that for real. When this life is over. He's not going to ask you about how many points you scored in the game. What was your GPA? How much money did you make? How many promotions did you get? How many tests did you pass with an A? But those tend to be, those tend to be the number one things on our mind all the time. How many countries did you travel to? How much designer did you were you able to attain? How big did you build that business? That's all that stuff is vain and it will pass away. It will not last. What matters are the things of God. I desperately want it so that when the world criticizes the church, it's not because of something we've genuinely done wrong, but it's because of Christ in us. 
because that's then when we can glory in his name. That's where the honor lies. It's not in us just simply suffering as Christians. It's us suffering because we are Christians. And we can have that clear conscience that the reason why I'm hated is not because I've done something wrong. It's because I love the Lord. And how honorable it is for us to partake in the sufferings of Christ. Ooh, there's a reward for that. There is a reward for that. I think I'm done rambling. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this word. And I just pray that it quickens all of us. It quickens our spirit to do better. To stand up. To be better ambassadors as individuals and as a church for you. Father, the world will hate us. But we don't get want to give them reasons aside from you to hate us. Father, what is the evil that continues to persist in the global church? What is the evil that is persisting in our individual churches? Point it out to us and equip us and use us as you will to act. Whatever that action might be, use us, Father. Let us not go ahead of you, but let us be open to whatever it is you want us to do, what role you want us to play, oh God, in making sure that we as individuals and us in our churches, oh God, are truly being proper vehicles, proper vessels for you to use and minister to the world around us, oh God. Father, we're not looking for the love of this world. We are looking to be obedient to you. We are looking to love each other. We are looking to love you, oh God. But we recognize that even when we do that, Lord, there'll be people that hate us. And we won't think of it as a strange thing, Father, but we will be partakers in the suffering of Christ. And we thank you for that honor. And we thank you for your sufficient grace through it all. Father, help us to truly, to truly, oh God, behave and see ourselves and view ourselves and move, speak like your children. Like your children, oh God. Help us to not think that it's up to us to go and give someone salvation. Help us to not trust our own strength and our own ideas and strategies to relate and, and, to, and to figure out how we're going to get people in the church. No. Help us to focus on being obedient to you, Lord, and how you want us to be obedient to you, Father. And Father, use us as you wish to touch who you wish, when you wish, how you wish, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we got work to do. We got work to do. So let's go handle business. Let's go handle business. Um, just repeating some of the announcements from before. I will see you guys in July, the month of June. There will not be an episode of Church Boy Confessions. And I appreciate all of you guys' support and love. Um, we are good. We're all good. We're all set. Things are great in my life. Like I said, this is not the same case as like last in no, last November. Um, God is good. Um, but we we want to start doing these these uh, seasonal breaks um, with with the podcast. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys in July. 
and Poetry Jam auditions, link is in the description. Um, Poetry Jam fundraising, link is in the description. And if you guys have any questions, topics, suggestions, please, you guys can just DM us on Instagram. You can go also go to www.unnecessary.com slash podcast. You can submit them there as well. Um, and I'll see you guys at Bible study. I forgot to announce that one. I'll see you guys at Bible study next week. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. See y'all. Peace.